Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Winning Drive Podcast. Of course, I'm Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan, with my guy Cordell Willen from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter, for 105.7 The Fan. Cordell is currently uh, doing our taping at the Ravens facility because he's always working and doing all of the things Ravens (laughs) this time of year. So thank you for taking the time out to join me to do our preview uh, edition of the Winning Drive podcast. I appreciate you. Of course, course. we know that the... uh, Miami Dolphins are coming to town uh, this weekend, New Year's Eve, to face the Ravens, who really could solidify um, an AFC North win as well as a number one seed 
with a win over the Dolphins on Sunday. So I guess is it too much to say that this is a big game? Because we kept saying we kept hearing how big of a game it was last week. Okay, but mm-hmm. truth be told, it's a non-conference game. Whatever, blah blah blah. This to me is the what everybody wanted last week to be. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a um it's a bigger game in the grand scheme of things if you're talking about standards wise and uh playoff seed and at this point this is literally the battle for first place in the AFC. Um I think last week was a big game in its own right because it's this quote unquote Super Bowl preview. It gives you right. the two best teams in the NFL at that time. Um, going up against each other on Christmas night at that um, on Monday night football. So it just adds, it's a different type of big game. Uh, But, you know, you get in December, all these games are big, honestly. I completely agree. So let's start with the Ravens offense against the Dolphins defense. Now, did some research on the Dolphins. And from a defensive perspective, you know, you'd be a little bit high on them. They're fourth in total yards on defense. Uh, they are, in terms of passing defense, they are 10th in passing defense, and they are 5th in rushing defense. Now, all those things sound good, right, Cordell? Not going to take away from what that is, but here's the problem that I have with that. When you look at the Dolphins' schedule, they play the Patriots twice. They're not good. Uh, we know that they put a 70-burger up on the on the Broncos, who eventually was 1-5 at one point before they started their run. So they weren't playing good football. The Giants, they played. The Panthers, they played. Um, the Raiders, they played. The Commanders, they played. So when you start looking at their schedule, uh, while it's impressive, you have to take account into the guys that they played. And, and, and look, I can't change the fact that the schedule is the schedule. But you have to take into account that their opponents weren't necessarily that good and that they literally just won their first game against an opponent that was over 500 just last week against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, you know, the you can only play who's in front of you. Um, but you, you do look at their schedule and say that the Ravens are going to be their biggest test to this point. Uh, they do play the Bills twice. Um, yep. I think they have one more game well, against they, they, Buffalo. They beat- the Bills beat them in Buffalo. They play right. the last game in right. Miami. So that is right. that's their last game. And that could potentially, depending on how this game goes, depending on what Buffalo does this weekend, could potentially be for the division, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, the Dolphins, uh, the the story is out on the on the Dolphins. The book is out. We, we know what type of team this is. Um, defensively though, they, they're fast. They, they're fast. They get after you. They're aggressive. They don't sit back and just let you kind of take the game to them. They do a really good job of, um, trying to be the ones to throw the first punch. That's what I do like about this Dolphins defense. Uh, you think back to the last couple of years when the Ravens have faced them, they have given the Ravens some problems, uh, because of how they blitz. They, they love to do that cover zero blitz against Lamar. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but this is a unit that plays aggressive. They play downhill and they're going to, their philosophy in this game is going to be to try to put Lamar under as much pressure as they possibly can, because that's been their, their game plan each time they faced, uh, Lamar. And they've got a good unit. I mean, look, they, they took a huge loss with Phillips going down earlier in the year. He was kind of their sack guy individually. 
And right now, ever since he's gone down, it's kind of been sacks by committee. Uh, yeah. Like I said, they blitz a lot. So a lot of times you see three guys getting to the quarterback at the same time. Um, so you, the Ravens do need to be careful. The Ravens had a really good game last week from their offensive line. I thought the tackles played really well. Ronnie Stanley and Morgan Moses in that game against the Niners. Um, and while they may not be facing those type of individual players like Nick Bosa and, and, and Chase Young and all those guys against Miami, you are facing a unit that has a lot of speed on that side of the ball. Um, so you, you, they need to be sound in their communication pre-snap, understand who's getting who in these blitzes. And look, if Lamar, Lamar's going to use his legs in this game, I mean, that's just we're in December. We're going into January. It's, Lamar's legs are going to be a big part of what the Ravens do going forward. Um, so at number one, try to limit the pressure. Uh, number two, got to take care of the ball. Lamar's going to have to be accurate in this game because uh, they, they've got a pretty good secondary out there. We know what uh, Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard can do, but um, I also like what they have in the secondary as well. And we'll see if Javon Holland is, I mean, I meant to say uh, at the safety position as well. We'll see if Javon Holland is able to play in this game. He's on the injury report. He was limited on Wednesday, um, but uh, it, they do have guys on the back end of their defense that, are really good at forcing those turnovers. And the Ravens, to their credit, have been really good at taking care of the ball over this last month or so of the season. So that'll be key, again, for them in this game. But try to put up points. Try to – because like the Ravens, where I talk about why I like the Ravens' defense more than I like maybe Cleveland's defense, I always have been saying it's because of the marriage between that offense and the defense. The the Ravens' offense does a lot to help out their defense, whereas maybe before Flacco got to Cleveland, it wasn't that case for them. Now Flacco's there. It's a totally different look, at least for them offensively. So you're able to get more out of your defense. That's how I look at the Dolphins. I look at their offense doing their part, and it helps their defense out because teams are forced to play from behind a lot of times with them. So it's going to be imperative that the Ravens' offense ends up helping their defense out by A, sustaining drives, B, not turning the ball over, and C, not letting, not not getting in positions to where you're having empty drives and now you're playing from behind because not only is that going to hurt your defense because they're going to be on the field quite a bit, but it's going to hurt your offense because now they're just going to pin their ears back and start sending the house, and I don't think that's what they want. Yeah, I agree. You do have to find a way to neutralize what it is that they're going to try to do. Um, Unlike San Francisco, who really is a stay-at-home type defense, they don't really blitz um, a ton. And we talked about that um, when we recap the game. The Dolphins do blitz, and that's going to be the difference. And so with the current struggles of the offensive line, by struggles, I mean from an injury perspective, because we know that Kevin Zeitler went out. We really don't know um, what the status of that is going to be thus far. Uh, Ronnie Stanley obviously play well, but again, they didn't do a lot of blitzing. So there's that. Uh, Pat McCarry uh, went out on concussion protocol in the San Francisco game. And prior to that, we saw them rotating McCarry and um, the left tackle Stanley, you know, simultaneously, as well as the right tackle position with Moses and Fa'alele. So you you got to wonder how is that going to affect them coming into this game? You know, if Zeitler is able to play, how how is he going to be if, you know, Makari has to come in and, it, you know, is, is he going to even be out of concussion protocol 
although he was on the field for practice on Thursday. So you got to wonder how those things will have an effect. And then I do agree with you that the back end of that group is very good with Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard that, you know, we all know those guys. Um, but I, it, it's not lost on me when they had um, opponents that were what we would consider formidable opponents. They failed those tests. And that puts the Ravens in, I think, comfortable position, particularly because with less personnel that they had last year they were still successful with what Miami was doing which to me is not much different yes there's different parts now in that situation Jalen Ramsey was added um, I believe Bradley Chubb came after the fact last year um, so there's some different guys that are there but ultimately um, like you said Phillips being out if he's not going to play then that, that that's something that could potentially work in the favor for the Ravens um, this is one of those types of games, like you said, it's got to be put in Lamar's hands. Um, you might have to do some things. You might have to run the ball. And look, Lamar has done really well with trying to wait to the last minute to take off and running. I get it. Completely understand. Um, but if the rush is coming, you know, you might have to do what you have to do. I do think that you're set up much better than you were a year ago or even two years ago at, when they played Miami and they were doing the uh, cover zero blitzes mm-hmm. and they were very successful. It's, it, this is not the same offense. It's not the same offensive coordinator. It's not the same offensive players outside of Lamar and guys on the line. This is a different group. And I do think that they, if knowing that that's going to be how this is going to play out, it could potentially work in their favor in terms of what it is that they want to do to game plan against that because you've played this opponent essentially th- th- your third consecutive year coming up. Um, so that is helpful, but you still can't negate the fact that there's some talent level essentially on each level of this group. And that there's, despite the, what I said about, you know, their opponents, because I do think that that somewhat does play a role. Doesn't change the fact that they're considered one of a top, a top 10 defense in the national football league, the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, and at this point it's, it's December, you know, everybody is in that mode of, they don't want to lose right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, Miami's predictable. I'll agree to that. They're, they're predictable. You kind of know when they're going to win. You know when they're going to lose. I, I, you knew they were going to be Dallas at home in Miami. They're really good at home. They're a different team um, on the road. I will say, I think the way to get to that, you, you mentioned some of the games that they lost earlier in the season when they did go up against some uh, good opponents. I think back to that game against the Eagles earlier in the year. And I yeah. think it'll be imperative for the Ravens to run the ball against this Miami team. Um, you, you obviously you want to keep that offense on the sideline as much as you can, but the the run game, the, the Eagles were and the Eagles are one of the better running teams in the league. But the Ravens do it better than anybody. Uh, it was a struggle for them against the Niners. I'm a little concerned about the run game going forward. We'll see. This is just the second game without Keaton Mitchell since he's gotten hurt. So we'll see yeah. what it looks like. Um, but I, I do think that if you know a huge key to success for them will be getting the run game going against yeah. Miami. You, you don't want to um, be in a situation where you 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 just are one dimensional against this type of team. I think you do have to try to find ways to eat up clock. Points are important, but also I think in this game, time of possession will be important as well. And I think that the off-script plays that the Ravens do have are going to be extremely important. You know, the things that Lamar is able to do that is not called, you know, in the huddle. You know what I mean? Lamar just finding 
ways to make spectacular plays like we've seen uh, on Monday against the 49ers is definitely going to be something that is going to have to keep the Ravens um, in this game in terms of keeping the defense of, of the Dolphins off of their their toes. So, um, and nobody does it better than Lamar. Nobody in this league does it better than Lamar. And, and, and I would also say, because I've seen, I've seen a lot of the discourse about the Ravens offense and um, how it's not on time and stuff like that, or th- them struggling to be an on time off. Look, this is who they are. <laughs> when yes. was the last time the Ravens pass offense has been an on time passing attack? Even if we want to talk about this year, it's been a while. It's been a while for a combination of reasons. It's not just one thing. It's a, it's a multitude of reasons. And I think right now the Ravens are just kind of embracing who they are. You know, it's the you think back to the Chiefs over the last couple of years during their heyday with, with Mahomes. I mean, they haven't been an on-time passing offense. I wouldn't say Mahomes holds the ball. He extends plays. You think back to Aaron Rodgers' time in Green Bay. Maybe on the back end of his career, he became more on time, but when Aaron Rodgers was really at his best, he's extending plays. He's holding the ball as well. So it can be done. This notion that they're going to flame out because they don't have this on-time passing attack, that would be the case if maybe you had a more stationary quarterback back there. I could buy that. But when you have Lamar Jackson back there and they're hitting on those plays the way that they are, I don't look at that as a, a negative thing. If anything, it's a problem for the defense because now you're starting to have to defend the second and third play, you know, each each time. The, the first play is, isn't is there mainly, so the second play is the scramble drill. And you get into right. the second play, and then the third play is Lamar actually taking off and running himself. So that has become a bigger thing for defenses to have to try to stop than him just being an on-time passer. Completely agree. And so we'll find out how that works uh, on Sunday's game. Um, you know, as Lamar continues to just make plays, just make the plays, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The ones that are scripted, the ones that are not, we'll see how that goes against that vaulting Miami uh, defense. Let's flip it over to the Ravens defense against Miami's offense here on Winning Drive. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. So we know all the good things about uh, Miami's defense, although um, they could be dealing with some injuries. As what we know on Thursday, um, Raheem Mostard, their running back, and Jalen Waddle, their wide receiver, did not practice. Now, they expect Mostard to play. Jalen Waddle is dealing with a high ankle sprain that he just suffered last week. I think that that one is going to be the more sketchy situation. Um, because contrary to popular belief in terms of like us seeing guys like Trevor Lawrence and even last year, guys like Pat Mahomes playing with high ankle sprains, those are guys are quarterbacks where Jalen Waddle has to run routes on a regular basis. So I'm not really sure if he's going to be able to be ready for Sunday's game. Um, but you still got Tyreek Hill, you know, they still got the tight end position. Mozart has 18 touchdowns this season at 31 years old against a Ravens defense that is ranked 12th currently against the run. Um, and that is something you and I have had concerns about. Now, we'll see and say, oh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, you know, didn't go off, but he kind of did. 
this 49ers just really didn't go back to him much in the second half, which was in the favor of the Ravens, in my opinion, because their pass defense is really, really good. Um, but he had 89 yards, I believe, in the first half, Christian McCaffrey. So what, we, what we've seen from Miami is that they're going to give Mozart the ball. That's going to happen. Um, for me, I think the bigger sell is going to be you got to shut Mozart down and make this play how it does with Tyreek Hill and then the potential likes of Chase Pool, a uh, Clay Chase Claypool. Sorry about that. <laughs> Former Steeler got traded to the Bears. You know, underwhelming career now with Miami um, and some other guys. So when you look at this Miami Dolphins offense. I think the biggest question here is number one, you got to figure out what you're going to do in terms of stopping the run. Cause I, I think that that's important because they're going to run the football, but also you got to figure out a way to neutralize Tua who has done really well in terms of getting the ball out of his hands very quickly. I think he has a 2.8 second um, release in terms of getting the ball out. So he's one of the quicker NFL quarterbacks in terms of releasing the ball. That, is, to me, is imperative to kind of get him off of his game, make him confused. I don't necessarily believe that a blitz is going to get to him as fast in terms of his release, but finding ways to try to make him confused to know exactly what coverage they're going to be in and hopefully Tua makes some wrong decisions in that game. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be priority number one is to try to slow down that that passing offense of uh the dolphins and they i mean like you said that they they make a commitment to the run game i think that's what makes that offense so dangerous this year is that yep. they actually commit to the run game in years past um they even last year they could run the ball they just wouldn't stick with it um and this year they have shown that they will and most of I, I i really have been impressed with most of this year um, he's been healthy enough to play. He's battled an ankle injury really all year. He's been on the injury report all year for this ankle injury. And to my knowledge, he hasn't missed a game. He hasn't missed Correct. a game to this point. And so um, he's he's there for them consistently. We'll see if Devon A-Chain is in this game. He uh, didn't practice on Wednesday. Uh, he's dealing with a toe injury. It seems like every week he's dealing with something. Um, but they will run the ball. That they, They're definitely going to run the ball, and they like to run some of those off-tackle toss plays. They run a lot of cutback toss plays. Um, so these guys, they got to be careful not to kind of over-pursuit and give them that cutback lane because that's what they're looking for. Um, you also got to be careful for most of it in the pass game because, you know, he, he finds the end zone in a multitude of ways. He, I think he has the 18 rushing touchdowns, like you mentioned, uh, but even as a receiver, he has three rushing, three receiving touchdowns um, as well. So um, this is a guy that when they get into the red zone, they're not afraid to throw him the ball out of the backfield. Um, Tua is a guy, look, you got to hit him. You got to get pressure. If they're going to win this game, it's going to be because the Ravens got pressure on Tua. Um, you have to get that interior pressure because he wants to get a two to three step drop and get the ball out of his hands. He's looking for that first read. And, you know, rightfully so, because his first read is usually Tyree Kill, and that dude is just always open. I'm curious to see, especially if Jalen Waddle doesn't play, how aggressive the Ravens will be when it comes to guarding 
Tyreek Hill at the point of contact, at the line of scrimmage? Are you yeah. impressed now with considering, you know, he's the one true speed threat that they, because they have other guys, you know, they they got Braxton Berrios, they got Cedric Wilson Jr., they got uh, Durham Smythe there, the Smythe there uh, tight end, but those guys, you know, don't scare you in terms of taking the top off the defense or right. just scare you in general because Tyreek Hill is the one guy they have that every time he touches the ball, he could score no matter what mm-hmm. route he runs. Um, so I am curious to see if they decide to throw their timing off a little bit by jamming. And it's, it's a dangerous thing to try to jam Tyreek Hill without question. But considering uh, Waddle may not be there, you could probably lean your coverage a little bit more towards Tyreek Hill. So even if he does beat the press, you're just looking to you're just looking to steal time, right? right. You, you don't want that offense to be on time, and you don't want it to be where Tua can just snap the ball and go right to the to the pass. You don't want it to be to where he, he, he they run a lot of screens to Tyreek Hill too. Those motions that he runs are lethal, and they get him the ball sometimes right off the snap. So yeah. they've got to be ready to tackle in space. they got to just be ready to kind of rub Tyreek Hill up. This needs to be a very physical game when it comes to number 10 on their team. you got to hit him. you got to hit him a lot. Him and Tua are the two guys that need to kind of be beat up in this game to make it so that these guys don't want to have that magic that they have. But this is a dangerous offense. Um, that offensive line, to their credit, can be really good. And run, but are and they run dealing game. with injuries on their offensive line? Currently? I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they are. Um, everybody's dealing with those injuries. I'm looking, uh, Teron Armstead hasn't been practicing. I mean, he's dealing with a bunch of different things right now. We'll see if he ends up playing. Um, yeah. Robert as well as dealing with the hamstring, uh, and, and also, uh, Austin Jackson is dealing with the oblique right now as well so their o-line is definitely banged up we'll see who ends up playing i would imagine anybody that can suit up will suit up right uh, in, this, in this game on sunday um so you just got to be careful be ready to take these guys best shot and look the ravens they're dealing with their own injuries themselves right now i mean patrick queen is that de- he played through that shoulder injury. i mean anybody that watched that game saw him dealing with a shoulder all game um he was limited Earlier this week, Patrick Queen, I mean, uh, Roquan Smith is dealing with a pec issue. And I saw him on the practice field on Thursday. Uh, his shoulder was heavily wrapped um, with a bandage under it. So it, when you start hearing about a pec issue, I mean, you immediately get to thinking about possibly a tear there. So who yep. knows what's going, what's going on with that um, right now? So, and obviously Kyle Hamilton, who left the, the Christmas Day game after re-aggravating that knee injury, you know, we got to see what his status is. I saw him on the practice field Thursday. He wasn't really doing a lot. Um, he's limping around a little bit. So I, I'm curious to see if he ends up uh, on the field for the Ravens on Sunday. So we'll have to see who plays for both of these teams. But everybody's banged up this time of year. Um, yeah. But, yeah, for the Ravens, physicality is, has been their calling card. That's what's won them these big games against these elite opponents. It's going to have to be their thing again. Yeah, I I think, you know, I think we're all watching the Kyle Hamilton situation because we know what they look like when he's in there. He is what makes that defense go. He is a phenomenal player. Um, Also, Brandon Stevens apparently is dealing with a concussion and he didn't um, practice on Thursday. Jalen Armour Davis didn't as well. So, like you said, this is the time of year that guys get banged up and you do have to be concerned about that. But hopefully you hope that 
the guys that are able to be to come in and play are able to just match up well against what the Dolphins are going to have. Because if they don't have Waddle, like you said, they still do have Burrios and other guys. Yes, I mentioned Claypool facetiously, but he is on that team. Um, you know, mm-hmm. situation wise, I definitely think that um, it doesn't. It it helps obviously if Waddle doesn't play, but it doesn't make them a ton less dangerous if he doesn't play because he's if he plays, he's not going to be a hundred percent anyway. So you're going to have to just deal with the cards that are dealt. Tyree Kill, who's been dealing with an ankle injury, is still out there, still making plays, and again, Mozart is still the guy that's going to be able to run the football very well. Um, we watched this team, the Dolphins, move the field offensively after the Cowboys scored and went up, marched down the field against the Cowboys. And so it was very easy for them. So it really is about trying to get your timing or their or, or get their timing off. So then that way mm-hmm. you can kind of put them out of their rhythm and, and kind of force them to make some, some bad decisions. This is a game that I would really like to, I think, see more of Brent Urban. And I say that because of how tall he is and how big he is and how he could potentially get his hands and his paws up there to right. kind of be disruptive in terms of um, batting down some passes. He's really, really good at that. So I think it will be interesting to see how they set up that defense, that defensive front against this offensive line who is dealing with some injuries as of late. No, that's a good point. And that's, that's one that I've thought of myself, especially when you're going up against a quarterback that has this type of stature, he's not a big guy um, and he gets the ball out so fast. You you may not, it's going to be plenty of plays where you're not going to be able to physically get to him. So, yeah, you're going to need the Brent Urbans in the middle of that line because a lot of their passes are over the middle. They do a lot of yeah. slants. They do a lot of quick stuff. Um, so you, if Brent Urban, you know, is there, he, he's really, really good about getting his hands up and, and batting balls down at the line of scrimmage. So that, I think that's going to be key uh, for these defensive linemen that, hey, it's not just about getting the sack or getting the quarterback hit. If you can – get you know get your hands in the way that that's equally as good mm-hmm. completely agree with you there so we'll give our takes in a second in terms of how we see this game faring here on winning drive all right Cordell here it is the moment of truth well the moment of picking not the moment of truth but hopefully <laughs> it'll be our truth on what it is that's going to be right. on Sunday Ravens are three point favorites against the Miami Dolphins. There are a lot of people that are questioning if the Ravens are going to be able to turn around and play essentially their biggest game of the year after playing their former biggest game of the year just six days prior, um, as we know that they had to play since uh, San Francisco on Monday and then had to take that long flight and got home very early Tuesday morning. So there's a lot of people that are wondering if the Ravens are going to be able to play two large, large games back-to-back the way that the Ravens are going to have to do it. There are many people that are wondering if the Ravens can can move on from the San Francisco game. I have to assume that they've already done that because I can't see the veterans as well as John Harbaugh allowing these guys to still be worried about a game that now has happened a few days ago and they have to prepare for their next opponent who could essentially help them tie up and win not only the AFC North, but the number one seed in the AFC. So uh, how do you see this fairing? With everything that I just said, again, this is a short week for the Ravens, who took a long trip from the West Coast. The Dolphins um, played on Sunday. So how do you see this going now? The Dolphins do come to M&T, where it is not 
uh, it's not going to be like cold, cold, like what you would think it's going to be in December. It's going to be windy. Going to be 40s and windy. And so you got to think that that could potentially be a favorable factor in this game for the Ravens. But ultimately, how do you see this team faring? Well, I'll tell you what, if it feels if it feels the way it does today outside, then I mean, it's I don't know how much of an advantage it is for anybody because it, it doesn't feel like December weather out there today. Um, but on Sunday, you know, look, the Dolphins, the Dolphins don't play well on the road. They don't play well on the road against good teams. So you gotta give the advantage to the Ravens. Um and, I don't usually have this type of worry about the Ravens, but you do look at the NFL and you think about a lot of teams that have come off of those big-time emotional wins on prime time, and then they usually have a letdown the week after. Um, the Ravens are, like you mentioned, they're on a short week. They're banged up in their own right right now. Um, we'll see. We mentioned some of the defensive guys. Didn't even mention Zay Flowers. Um, who's on the injury yeah. report uh, as well. And this isn't even just for the foot. This is now a calf injury uh, right. for Zay. So this is a different injury. So we'll see what happens um, with him. But I do feel like the Ravens win this game. I will admit I'm a little more worried about this game than I thought I would be um, just because I think that they are going to get the Dolphins' best shot. The, the Ravens aren't the only one trying to get the one seed. The Dolphins are as well. And, and, and I think – I, I don't know. I, I think I said this earlier. Um, I don't think there's a team that needs the one seed more than the Dolphins. Maybe the Cowboys in the NFC. I think they're the exact same type of team. Both of them are excellent at home and you get them on the road and they're a different team. So the Dolphins understand how important it'll be for them to secure home field advantage for the postseason. So they're going to come in and they're going to give their best shot. But I, I do think the Ravens end up winning. Um, I'll say that this game ends up being uh, 27 to 23 Ravens. Okay. I, I definitely think um, that the Ravens will uh, win this game. It's funny because if you think about it, the last three weeks of the Ravens opponents all come from the same tree. So they had the uh -huh. Rams. I'm sorry, the, the last three of four. I apologize. You had the Rams coming out of the bye. Then you played San Francisco, which is Shanahan. Now you're playing Mike McDonald. Well, they all coached together at one point, remember. So San Francisco's offense is very similar to the offense that Miami runs um, as well. And so I think that they're going to be – I think that that's in favor for the Ravens because there's going to be a lot of similar looks that they already saw literally just six days ago. Um, that helps them drastically. Now, obviously, the players are a little bit different. Because Tua, to me, is better than Brock Purdy. Obviously, he was a top five pick coming out of the NFL draft where Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant when he came out of the NFL draft, being the last pick of the draft. But ultimately, they do run similar style offenses. And I think that that helps the Ravens just understand their opponent a little bit better, being as though that they just came off playing someone that has similar formations than um, the Dolphins. Um you are concerned about what this defense is going to look like, you know, if Kyle Hamilton doesn't play um, because he is the X factor in terms of what it is that they do. If Kyle Hamilton was playing and he was healthy, I don't think that this game would be that close, quite frankly, Cordell, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, even if Kyle Hamilton does play, he's not going to be 
So, you know, I, I you know, um, not that that really means like, oh, he's a liability because I don't believe that. I think that if you can get Kyle Hamilton to play at all, then that's, hey, a great win for you. But again, he's not going to be 100%. Same way if Jalen Waddle were to find a way to play on Sunday. I just feel like that that is more unrealistic because of the type of injury and the type of player that Jalen Waddle is. Um, but I definitely think that um, the Ravens will will their way to a win. Um, they know what's at stake. I don't think that they're relying on the Jets to do any of their dirty work for them. Uh, they also, even if they did, it just would mean that the AFC North would be solidified. It has nothing to do with mm-hmm. the number one seed. Putting the Dolphins away obviously solidifies the number one seed. You are then able to kind of just relax and figure out what it is that you want to do the following week against Pittsburgh. So I think that the Ravens will find a way to win. Um, I do think that this will potentially be a close game, but I do think that they will win by a touchdown. So I'm going 28-21 Baltimore. I do think that the yeah, weather I mean, will play a role because Lamar be out there wearing them jackets in well, 60 degree weather, okay? Yeah, he's, he's, that's that Florida in him, though. It don't take much for Lamar to pull out the heavy coats, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, I, exactly. I, 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 it's been times, and I, I hate the cold, but it's been times I've seen Lamar in the cold where it's like, come on, bro. It's, it, it ain't that it's, cold, it's, bro. It feels, yeah, it ain't that cold. It ain't that cold. I will say this. You mentioned the uh, similar offenses that the Ravens have faced down the stretch, and they are. They all come from the same uh, tree, like you said. I think that this I, – I, I think McDaniels has probably been the most creative all off of that scheme than maybe McVeigh and – Shanahan and Mc, Mc, McDaniel's like he pushes the envelope you know he he really tiptoes the line he's going to do some out-of-the-box types of things and I really like Josh McDaniel's as a coach you know I, I do check out the hard knocks that the Dolphins are on um the end season hard knocks that they do uh so I get to see kind of a little bit more of Josh McDaniel's personality and you you understand why that team plays the way that they do for him. They he he is literally one of the guys. He's he's about the same age as half of them anyway right now. Um, but I, I will say I, I will say though that I think and I'll be I we will talk to uh, Mike McDaniel. I mean Mike McDaniel's Mike McDonald uh, in a little bit here at the facility. But that'll be one of the things I do ask him just. You know, what are some of the different wrinkles that maybe you get out of Miami's offense that you may not get out of that Rams and Niners one? Because, like you said, he had the Dolphins have a different personnel group. You have Tyreek Hill, you have Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert, right. and those guys, some of the fastest guys in the league. So it allows you to do some funky stuff pre snap, the motions and all that stuff that they do. They, the Rams or the Niners don't do the motions the way that the Dolphins do. Um, so I will be curious to see how how that changes the way. And it may not change anything because it's all window dressing at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but but I, I am curious to see what how that does change the overall uh, part of the scheme when you compare those three teams. Completely agree with you. So I definitely, you know, there's going to be some people that's like, oh, I can see this, you know, the, because of Miami's record on the road. Oh, how that's going to be not going to vote well for them. And it might not. You know, there everything is going in the Ravens' way in that regard, in terms of them being on the road, in terms of coming into essentially it's going to be cold weather compared to Miami for sure, right? Um, all of those things bode well. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're still fighting for 
their division and the number one seed the same way that the Ravens are. And I think that, you know, everybody's going to just have to level themselves up. So we want to thank you all for listening to the Winning Drive podcast. We will be doing our recap on Monday or Tuesday of next week because New Year's is there. And so we'll be celebrating our holiday, but we'll recap hopefully a Ravens win. We appreciate you all for listening. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.